<laughs> ready? I'm ready. You're listening to Tall Tales and Tattooing, New Zealand's tattoo podcast. Kia ora, I'm Craigie Lee and you are listening to the Tall Tales and Tattooing podcast. I'm here with Todd Bailey from 13 Feet Tattoo in Sydney. How are you going, Todd? Good yourself. Yeah, good, mate. You've just got into Wellington. Yep. It's not your first time here. No. How do you like the city? That's amazing. Reminds me of uh, San Francisco, in a way. A few people say that. I've never been to San Francisco, so yeah. I can't comment, but they're like, yeah, the hills and the housing and kind it's of... It's definitely very similar. Yeah. Similar weather as well, I think. Yeah, cool. Um, you're always pretty busy when you're here. Like, you've guested at my shop and then other shops that I've worked yep. at over the years, come through for conventions. Yep. Um, and you're back for this convention. Yep. Um, Your convention. Yeah, finally happening. <laughs> it's evolved. Yeah. Um, it's much like us. Yes. I think we've been talking about the same amount of time. Yep. I think our careers have kind of evolved at the same pace and the same time. And now we're both kind of 12, 13 years in with our own shops and stuff, which is quite cool when you see people that you know and kind of like and respect and kind of at the same place, not just in your artwork, but just in life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Both have kids. Yeah, both have kids now. <laughs> although you've Game changer. Es- yeah, you've escaped Jules for the weekend. Yeah, well, how sort you, of. How are you getting... FaceTime now. Yeah, FaceTime <laughs> life. The the generation of the iPad. Yeah. Um, how are you finding the work-life balance with kids now? Um, I'm definitely busier than I've ever been. I found another gear. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But I'm more productive than yeah. I've ever been. You're not on a fixie bike anymore. No. You've got, you've got gears. You're no longer a hipster. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, I've still got enough hair. That's yeah. A good thing. I think we're both doing all right on the hair front. Yeah. Like, my dad was completely bald by the age of like 26. Yeah. I was 36 yesterday. Yeah. And, um, well, I'm doing all right. You're doing all right as well. Yeah. I'm going grey. Yeah. It's me too, but that's it's better to be have grey hair than no hair. That's right. That's what I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's go right back to the beginning um, when you started your career. What, what was the kind of the the moment when you first kind of noticed toes and were like, yep, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to get into. Um, I was in Thailand, actually, which is a, it's a long story, and I suppose we're going to tell it right now. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was interested in tattoos. I was getting tattooed. I was living in Brighton. United Kingdom at the time. Yeah. Where, and, um, where were you getting tattooed over there? At Inca. Oh, yeah. At Barb's shop. Yeah. In Kemp Town, in like sort of the gay area. Yeah. The just, whole of Brighton's like the gay capital. Yeah, but like, you know, like Kemp Town's like the yeah. Oxford Street. It's just vibrant. Yeah. It's, a vibrant it's place. very, um, that's a good spot. So I used to live there in, uh, in Kemp Town. So doing like I, your Aussie OE? Um, my mum's British, so, you know. Yeah, I don't have the visa issues. Yeah, just went over there. And... Yeah, well, I've lived over there for about five years in my adult life on uh, a couple of occasions, which has been interesting. Yeah. Um, so then how did you end up in Thailand from? Okay, Thailand? so I was going <laughs> from uh, from England, coming back to Australia, coming back to Sydney, and I was in Thailand as, at a stopover, and I was in a bar, we were actually watching... <laughs> AFL Grand Final, which was like 11 a.m. in Thailand, and uh, in Tropical Murphy's in Koh Samui, I think it was. And there was this guy I met on the boat a few days earlier, and he had tattoos or whatever. 
And he's like, you know, short in stature like myself and sort of looked similar. <laughs> and my ex-partner at the time said, oh, that's what you look like when you're like 40. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. Thanks for that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I ended up um, at the at the pub seeing him. I got up to go to the toilet and he was sitting there by himself. And so I got a, came out of the toilet and been typical Australian like I am, I was like, mate, there's no, there's nothing worse than being on a tropical island by yourself. Like, come sit with us. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, mate, nothing romantic going on here. You know, like it's 11 a.m. in the morning, we're drinking beer. Watching the fucking AFL, Yeah, watching the fucking AFL. <laughs> and he was like, cool. And so he came over and um, and I was like, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm on my way to London. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, what are you doing there? And he was a tattooist. And I was like, oh, that's that's amazing. I just came from London, you know. And um, and it was, yeah. He just I spent the whole day with him, like, obviously just drinking beers. And as you do, like, there's been a thousand days like that. But um, he was just, like, so inspiring, you know. Like, he's, like, so passionate yeah. about what he did. And, and had uh, he been tattooing a while, did you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, he had been tattooing a while. He, um... Do you remember his name or who he was? Yeah, I just thought of it and then I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. He he's from Melbourne. Um, he's not from Melbourne originally. He's Italian Swiss. Um, yeah, I can't. What's his name? He used to own. Um, I can't remember his name. <laughs> so, but he was working in London or somewhere else in the UK. He was just going over there for the convention. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. Don't Giovanni Demisio was his name. Oh, okay. Giovanni Demisio. He was, yeah, and he, if you know his work, you know, he's quite a famous tattoo, you know, still. And he's like huge Japanese sort of um, body suits and stuff like that, freehand. Yeah. And he showed me some of the stuff on his laptop before iPads. Before and, Instagram, uh, before, before Facebook. Before all of that stuff. And he showed me the stuff. Like, we went back to his hotel to, like, just have dinner because we'd had a fairly long day. And, um, and yeah, I'd never seen tattoos like that before, you know. Like, I had a three-quarter sleeve and some bits on me, but I'd never seen, like, that scale yeah. ever. Like, I was just blown away. And then, like, the pas- how passionate he was was just, you know, a really... Um, it really got me, you know, like I, I was, and I, at the time of my life, I was probably looking for the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, something. yeah, something to like give everything to, cause I was a carpenter by trade and I'd been doing that for years since school, but I didn't feel like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I needed that. You were just making a living. Yeah. Getting, I was just, by. yeah, I was just yeah. doing what, doing the do, which was, um, I don't know. I had more to offer. So you I got, thought. You got back to Sydney, newly inspired and with a kind of new idea. Yeah, well, the funny thing was, because I remember saying to him, I was like, oh, you know, did, could you draw dragons before, you know, you started tattooed? Yeah. And he was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I could draw dragons. And so I went home in my house that I was renovating at the time in, um, in Darlington in Sydney, the old terrace house. And so I was like, you know, got drunk one night and drew this big dragon in the lounge room on the wall. It was terrible. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. So but, did, you, did you have an interest in art, like at school and stuff? Yeah, yes. I did, like, so you, you know, the all the art stuff. I was going to pursue it when I finished school, but, you know, I wasn't really... 
Just wanted to earn money. I wanted to earn money. I wanted to travel. I, you know, I wanted to do all the things you want to do. Yeah. And you're a young man and hungry for life. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where it came from. So how long was it from when you got back to when you kind of got into it and started? Did you do a traditional apprenticeship? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So how did you go about getting that? And- um, so, yeah, I did end up doing a traditional <laughs> apprenticeship, but obviously before that I'd uh, had a bit of a go of scratching and yeah. I don't recommend it to anybody, but <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of what you do when you're hungry, isn't it? Like, you know, um, yeah, I bought some machines and and then I realised it was just, yeah, it was way, because I tattooed myself and I like, realised this is way deeper than what, you know, I know. Yeah. I need to, I need to do more research on this thing, <laughs> you know, like I've got a hole in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> And it's blown out and it's, it's horrible. But, um, yeah, so I, because I did, you know, previously live in Scotland, I used to live in Edinburgh. And um, I met Chris, who ended up being my first boss, Chris Phillips from Work of Skin. And he was from Glasgow. And I think he only, I was getting tattooed by him, but I think he only gave me the job really because i could understand him because no one else could understand him you know he had like a real thick Scot- yeah really Scotch thick you know like glaswegian so um so yeah i used to go in there and you know hassle him and i was he, he told me i was i was too old and i was like mate you won't regret it i'm telling you but yeah i just pestered him like pestered him because at the time my relationship had broken down since i got back from overseas and i um yeah, it was time for a new beginning. I didn't have kids, so I didn't have that sort of struggle going on. So it was time to do. If I didn't do it then, I would never would have got to do it. Yeah. Because he did it old school. Like, I didn't get paid. You know what I mean? Six days a week, long hours from, like, morning till night. Depends what was going on, you know. There was, you know, it was going on. Yeah. Like, there was gangsters. It was all going on, you know. Yeah, what, what and part, I had to be there. What part of Sydney was that shopping? That's in Redfern. That used to be on um, Redfern Street. Is it still there or no? No, it's gone. It's like, there's high rises there now. Oh, gentrification. Yeah. That was before, yeah. you know, it was the block was still there. It was still a very sort of dodgy area, you know. And yeah. I used to live, and I'd lived there for quite a few years, so I, I used to like it. I was used to it. Yeah. But, you know, it was definitely nothing like it is these days. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think even like from when I first visited Sydney in 2011 to now, it's changed heaps. Eh? It's just yeah, yeah, lots of gentrification going on. Same as London, all the big cities in the world, it's happening. Yeah, and, well, um, the, the dodgy areas are cool now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just... I think that's just because they're the areas that you you know, if you're starting a business, you can afford rent in. Totally. And, and then all of a sudden, like these it's... areas get really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then the people they get pushed out because they can charge higher rent because it's a cool area now. Yeah. Which is a shame. It so is a shame. How long did you stay at that shop for? Uh, probably three years, I would say. So you got got a good grounding and everything, and, and yep. kind of, yeah. Yeah, well, my, I learnt doing Celtic, <laughs> <laughs> and because my boss was known for it, you know, because he's you know Scottish, and that's what people came in for. And... They wanted like a genuine. Celtic yeah, piece. and he was he was totally genuine. Like he was like very proud. Which was amazing, you know, to be around that because, well, 
Scottish people are very proud. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely a, a, um, a country that are proud of where they come from. Yeah. Which is cool. So what, um, did, did that shop close and that's why you moved on or did you just kind of get to a point where you like felt you'd learned everything? Uh, yeah, it just got to the point where it was time to move on, you know, as all good. Well, most business relationships end up in an argument and um, it was time to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then where did you move? Um, I, where did I go from there? I ended up having a little private place in Surrey Hills for a very short time just because I didn't have anywhere else to go and at that time in Sydney um, it wasn't really a place where you wanted to get in someone else's business you know what I mean yeah because I was trying to avoid that sort of going into a, a bad situation I suppose yeah yeah when I first looked at going over to Australia and I talked to a few people they were all like, all like you need to be careful what shops you work at especially in like Sydney yeah. and a bit of Queens uh, Queensland um, and I was just like why what's, what's going on there and like coming from the other side of the world you don't you don't really know and then like oh you know a lot of shops are like owned by gangs or they've got stuff to do with gangs and I was just like it was just a whole thing that I'd never experienced you yeah. know and I wasn't familiar with and I was like oh okay and then you think of like some weird yakuza thing like on a film and like you've got all these ideas in your head what's what's the reality of it yeah like what was the, your experience of uh well that? yeah well I pretty much when I came into the industry it was like right in the middle of it really it was sort of the end of it but that's because and that's why it was so fierce I think because it was you know it became Everyone was fighting over everything. Yeah, just like... Because it was coming areas. to an end. Yeah, like tattoo shops opening too close to each other and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it got it got a series as, as it could get, I suppose. Yeah. You know, so I went from there and then I ended up out at another shop um, out west, like Midwest, I suppose, out ride area. And um, yeah, it's, it was really good for a while what shop what was that called Pretty in Ink oh yeah so that's when I met you so I met you at the Sydney convention yeah and you were working there you had a big booth and uh, you came up and talked to me and we talked about over the weekend and then I was like oh hey travelling here up up to Brisbane and then I'm coming back down I'd love to work in Sydney like that was kind of the only city I hadn't didn't know anywhere I hadn't met anybody or had any friends or friends that I could work for and you were like Oh yeah, the shop's pretty cool. It's like you know, it's easy going. Like it's a it's affiliated, but they just leave you alone and let you tattoo and yeah, kind of let you get on with it. Yeah, and it was great. And the people that owned it were great, and they we got treated really well. Um, but yeah, it ended up uh, just not ending well. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I got to uh, Brisbane, and about a month later, I sent you an email. I was like, right, I've got dates. So if I'm back in Brisbane, yeah. And then I can get hold of you. <laughs> and then yeah. I think you text me uh, a bit, I don't know, a week or two later. And you're like, I'm, I'm kind of on the lot at the moment. Like, oh, I'll send you an email in a few weeks. And I was like, the fuck is going on here? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, that's what happened. And then I sort of took off. So what happened? What happened at the shop? Um. So, yeah, got, you know, we, there was two bays in there. Like all, all the old school style shops, you know, the just the two spots where you had the tattooers. Yeah, like little booths. Yeah, little booths. And so off. we used to, two of us would share, you know, one day shift, one night shift. Yeah. And, you know, four of us would share. 
Yeah, which is quite quite typical for Sydney. Like, yeah. when I went to King's Cross and that, all the shops were open from like 11 a.m. to like fucking 5 a.m. Yeah, which... yeah, super late. That was before, you know, lockout laws and the, <laughs> you have to be in bed at 8.30 bullshit. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we that that was going on, and then the bay I used to share with Danny, and um, he I it was a Saturday night. I'm pretty sure it was a Saturday night, and I left about I don't know, probably eight o'clock. You know, like I used to hang around a bit, talk shit to the boys, have a beer. you know, have a beer, have a ciggy, whatever, and um, you know, just shoot the shit sort of thing. And then by the time I'd got home, which I was living in Annandale at the time, I'd already had a phone call saying something's gone on at the, sh- at the shop. And so I'm like, what What the fuck? Like some, this guy who was a friend of a friend rang me. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? So, and I, so I rang the shop and no one was answering the shop. Um, yeah, and then a few other people rang me. And, uh, yeah, Danny had been shot. They came in through the back door and um, shot him. Yeah. And so, yeah, it still, it obviously, it gives me shivers now. But that, I was sitting there an hour before. Yeah, in you that know chair. <laughs> in that chair, like, because that was the hour we shared. Yeah, that's crazy, eh? So that's, yeah, that's pretty, um, still very fresh, I suppose. You yeah, know, totally. Like, you're never going to get over that thing but it wasn't a random event like there was stuff that led up to that oh, for him yeah in, the, his the, in his in his world i would say yes yeah you know but i don't i don't know i don't want to know it's not wasn't my business to know you know i just knew that i was there an hour before yeah <laughs> you know it's like I sitting like, like sitting in that chair tattooing and then i'd left 35 minutes before yeah and by the time i got from ride to annandale it had happened. Yeah. So that's how fucking close it was. And what happened with the shop after that? Like, did it close? Um, so well, Danny died. Um, he, yeah, he didn't survive. And no, I think it's reopened again. And like, I think it got sold or whatever. I have no idea, honestly. You just got out. I just was gone. <laughs> I was like, like you know what? Heavy. This is this is like, well, it doesn't get any worse. Like, that's nah. a tattoo shop story. Like, yeah. From the old days, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, totally. And so, yeah, that happened and then everyone sort of scattered and just took off. And I went to, uh, went over to Amsterdam for a bit. And I just, yeah, I I didn't really know what to do, actually. Because I just got to the point where I was actually, you know, I was getting an understanding of what I was doing. Yeah, and I remember that that when I met you, you had like, you were doing the Mr. Onka. Is it Onka? Mr. Encore? Yeah, Mr. Ink, like the French thing. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, you had like your, your little kind of tag and you heaps of flash of that stuff on it. And yeah. And you were pushing yeah, was... that and taking it a direction with your artwork. Yeah, yeah. I was doing, yeah, multi-style sort of stuff, like r- mashing stuff up, I suppose I was doing, wasn't it? Hmm. On like cat birds and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, More neo-traditional sort of stuff, which I've done the total full circle now. So yeah. I'm sort of doing that again. Goes, I'm enjoying doing that. Goes around, comes around. Yeah. Goes in fancy. And hopefully I'm doing it better than them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. You hopefully. You don't say all this time later. Yeah. <laughs> so you 
chilled out in Europe for a bit. Yeah. You kind of deciding whether you wanted to come back to Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Canada as well. And then, uh, what did I do? I can't remember. Yeah, I came back and then, um, I just didn't really know what to do for quite a while, actually. Like I was tattooing out of my kitchen. I shouldn't say that either, but, um, I was for a bit and just surviving, just to, just, to, just to make enough money to live, you know, wasn't living well, but I was paying my rent and, um, I was lucky enough to be able to do that because I, you know, I put so much hard work in straight away, like from the, the get go. So I did have a following, which is really lucky. And then, um, and I think that was still before Instagram, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I, I think I just had Facebook maybe. Yeah, I had Facebook. Like, Instagram was around. I didn't really get... I'm a bit slow getting onto things. You know, I get a bit stubborn. Well, Instagram like, was, like, for me, 2012. Yeah, that was the year I moved to Wellington, and that was the year yeah. when I moved to Wellington, yeah. I set up an Instagram. And then the world changed. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I went back, and I was tattooing there, and then I went to... Oh, and then I, funnily enough, ended up in Newtown. I was um, taking photos down in Mayor's Lane, which is like a graffiti sort of lane in um, in the Peters, uh, not Petersham, down the back of Newtown, so Peters, near the station. And I was walking back, and I was drunk, I think, by that after in the afternoon. I had a long neck, maybe, and I was feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> And then Dave, Crazy Dave, Crazy Dave Rowland, he was there. He was at King Street, King Street out the front with Scotty. And they were just setting up the tattoo shop upstairs at Industrial Strength. Yeah, which is a piercing shop. Which is the piercing shop. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is Industrial Strength being there in Enmore slash Newtown for, yeah. what, 20 years. So that was owned by Duncan and Emil. Duncan and Emil. Who both yep. set that up and had that as a piercing shop for a number of years. For years. And it yeah. used to be on um, Enmore Road originally. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's great. Dave's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a real shitty attitude and I, I wasn't really into what was going on at the time because I um I don't know you know like it's it was a very conflicting time for me because I was like trying to be a, a tattoo artist guy and then there's all this like background stuff that actually is reality that happens yeah it's almost like you know you, like that kind of generation of like more art influenced tattooing yeah, yeah. but it's almost like What's going on in Sydney is just dragging it down to like yeah, street totally. Shop, and like... the thing that really was crazy about it because I lived in Europe, you know, for a long time, so I knew I could go like to Brighton, and they didn't have bars on their windows; they just had like pane glass. It wasn't even safety glass. Yeah, you know, <laughs> single like, pane. Yeah, and like I'm working in shops with like fucking bulletproof everything and bars and like <laughs> shutters, and like I was just like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like I'm in the wrong place. You know, yeah. and that, and that was the reality of it. But anyway, long, and to keep going with the story, so Crazy Dave, he's crazy mad as a hatter. Fucking love the guy. 
if you're from Sydney and you've been tattooing more than five minutes, you know him. He's been around for a long time. He was, you know, the really talented young guy back in the day when it was crazy and rough. You yeah. know, like he's like what, 60 now, I'd say. But he's he was doing realism portraits and he can draw anything, you know. I've seen him like ride a fucking motorbike through the tattoo shop, like on his back wheel, <laughs> you know, like really. Like he was like, hold the fucking door. And he's just like, that was a pretty ink. And he's like, rode his ninja with no helmet on and no shoes, like straight down Victoria Road, straight through the front door. <laughs> True story. And I was just like, wow, this is fucking gnarly, this place. And that was any given day. He used to drink um, Jack Daniels out of, you know, like coffee cups all day, every day. And then have a sleep on the lounge and he used to sticky tape. He used to cut out, like, he used to make me print out, like, eyes off Google and then cut them out and stick them on his, like, glasses, sunglasses. So when the owner's looking at the um, the cameras, Camera. it looked like his eyes were open, but he was just, like, passed out <laughs> on the front couch. Oh, man, he's fucking gold. But he, but, but, yeah. And he was just like, fuck, come on. You know, what are you doing? Nothing. And I was like, nothing. He's like, just come and work here and just just shut up, basically. Yeah. And I was like, all right. He's like, I was like, how? when do I need to tell you? And he's like, you need to tell me now. And I was like, all right, what days? And he was, and I'm fucking next day I was working again, yeah. back in the shop. So yeah, I didn't realise you were there from when that shop opened then. So they kind of set it up. And then who was there when they, when they, when they started it? At the top, upstairs. Yeah. Because upstairs was first. Yeah. Downstairs wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. So who was there when they set the upstairs up? Um, it was me, him, me, Dave, um, Royce, I think, maybe, was there. He would have been there. Um, and there was a couple of other guys, but they sort of were in and out. Yeah. But we were always there. It was like, you know, that was their home. I was just trying to think when I came through there, because... Was that for the Melbourne convention, like the November one? It was just before New Plymouth, maybe? Mm, it probably been a year after that. You were downstairs. One. We had downstairs, but... Yeah, there was a downstairs booth yeah. by then, and Miles yeah. was there as well. Miles was so there. So you and yeah. Miles were working downstairs. Yeah, and, and Rob. And, yep, Rob was there. Yep. Yeah. Rob Sloan. Yep, yeah. And, and then that went on for a while. And then we built downstairs, and then... So downstairs was two booths or three? Three. Like, which was just a bit more open so people could see, because the other one was just yeah. like your typical, like, really long staircase up to a big yeah. room upstairs. Yeah. Um, and just a big open space. Yeah, and then downstairs was like... That used to be clothing down there. And oh, then, okay. And then, yeah, well... And they still doing the piercing? Like, still busy yeah, piercing? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They're, they're the main people, I would say. Yeah. For sure, in Sydney, for like if you want to get pierced to go there, you know. Yeah. We send people from our shop there every day. Yeah. We don't do piercing. Yeah. But I thought, because um, I'm always like, well, I think a lot of artists are like, oh, I don't want to work for people that don't fucking tattoo. I just want to work for other tattooists. But it was actually really nice coming and worked at that shop because Duncan's so into tattooing. Mm. He's travelled a lot to fucking get tattooed by yeah, amazing he's been by everybody. artists. He's been tattooed by everybody. Yeah. Where, where, who's he His been told by? Refresh me. Oh, it was a long time ago. I was talking to him. Ah, uh, he's been to like Japan and San Fran and all over. Yeah, there. yeah, all like you know, Eddie Deutsch, Freddie Corbin. Yeah, 
Grime. Yeah. Like everyone. Yeah. Big, big names. Big, huge. Yeah. He's, a, he's Matt, like... Matt Cunnington did his back in, his, in like, the, in Emil's fucking, like, kitchen or something, you know. <laughs> he started it there, you know, back then. Like, that was... God, I would say... I don't know. I think that was late to... Uh, late 90s. Yeah. Just, like, a total total geek, eh? Yeah, totally by everyone. he loves it. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's obsessed with it as much as anybody. Yeah, you know he didn't. He doesn't tattoo, no. But but it was just really refreshing. But I always respected him. him because he gave his life to the to it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I mean, not everybody's going to be able to tattoo. So I think there's you've got to have respect for somebody that's like, I really love this, but I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. don't want to fuck people up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, give them yeah, shit yeah. Tattoos. Definitely, it's not. It isn't for everybody, you know. Not everybody can do it, mm. even though people these days think everybody can do it. Yeah, that's just the generation, though. I think. They're yeah, just like totally. don't want to be offended. They don't want to fucking tell somebody they can't do something. Yeah, and you've got all these fucking dickheads putting shit tattoos on Facebook, and then all the mates are like, "Oh, that's amazing! Look at like in <laughs> yeah. my sleeve." And it's like, no, that's fucking a piece of shit. Learn to fucking tattoo, or fucking go away and draw until you fucking can do yeah. do it. You know? Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, it winds, it winds us all up, but it is, it's the way it is now at the moment. Yeah. It's not going away, you know what I mean? There's always going to be good guys, there's always going to be shit guys, there's always going to be young guys and girls, there's always going to be leaders of the pack, there's always going to be quick learners, there's always going to be slow ones. Yeah. <laughs> there's always going to be tough guys. Yeah. So you moved to another shop that Duncan and Emil had after King Street? Um, I, no, in between that, I, what did I do? I left there because for no real reason, I just, we had Sonny. Oh, okay. We had Sonny and he was our first, you know, child. Mine and Katie's. Yeah, and then there's like a new sense of responsibility. New sense of responsibility, yeah. you know, obviously the the funds factor. I was like, I can't afford to, I just can't afford to give that much away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've always worked like five, six days a week, ever since I, when I was a carpenter, I worked five, six, uh, six, seven days a week. And since I've been a tattooist, nothing's changed and I'm not slowing down, you know. Like I've just always been that guy. Because if I don't, I've got a busy mind. I need to. Yeah. I need to have to do something all the time. Yeah, the same as me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've always done you know six seven days a week. I'm still in the shop every single day, like whether I'm tattooing or not, but mostly tattooing. But yeah, so we had the 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 responsibility thing, and. Um, I had to try and go for, do it for myself. Yeah. Properly. And I wasn't looking back now, it wasn't properly. Like I and it was before licensing and all that sort of shit was in Sydney or Australia. So I found this little spot near where I lived which was wasn't, you know, far it was in the inner west. And um it was just a private studio, so I just worked from there for like about a year, maybe a year and a bit. Just on your own. Just by myself. Yeah. I've worked a lot by myself. Um, I've had a, three studios just by myself. 
but then yeah i started getting a bit strange you start talking to yourself too much <laughs> you get a, so get a day when you don't get a customer that's very talkative and yeah yeah you start talking to yourself in your head too much yeah yeah <laughs> definitely and so yeah so i did that for a year and then uh toby Toby Shipman came back and he worked with me for a little, very short time. Right, because he did he work at Pretty and Ink as well. Yeah, yeah, he left, and then he went overseas. After, yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. He um, he always floats around that guy. He always seems to be well, off somewhere. He's, he's, yeah, he is, but he's sort of. I think he's staying in Canada. Yeah, well, he seems, yeah, he seems to be, but that's what meeting the right girl does. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But he's a super nice guy, man. Like, yeah, like, you always have great a guy. good time talking to him and drinking with him. And yeah, we had some great times. Yeah. So he came to work with you a little bit at that studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I just worked out of there, and I didn't really do much, to be honest. I was just working, you know, doing the the pubs next door. So obviously, I went there a few times. <laughs> That used to be, or we used to call it my office because like people would be like, oh, you're tattooing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'd like get my diary out as well. <laughs> I had a paper diary. How ridiculous is that? I sound? still have a paper diary. Fuck off, you it's do the, not. It's the be- I do, go to the shop. <laughs> you can't fucking like, I, I just don't like technology that much. And it's like, you can't double book yourself if you've got a paper diary because you fucking get an email, you look at your diary. You just get a phone call, you look at your diary. Yeah, I know, I just, we've got the Google Calendar, mate. You I know, it's just... It's, it's idiot just, proof. I, th- I think even I can is. work it, and I am fucking terrible. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, there's a lot to be said for a paper diary. I'm going to defend it. Like, I, what? Yeah, there yeah. is, but I don't know. You know, my wife Everyone's sort of their forced me to change, and then she's one, a, now she's a bit younger than you, so she's like, right, grandpa. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, basically. And but once I got my head around it, it's, it's been really good. But yeah, so I. Back to the, yeah, I was in Enmore, had the little studio there. Used to call the pub The Office, which was great. I booked in heaps of people, got to do some really cool tattoos. Um, and then after that, me and Katie were like, you know what? That's like, let's take it a bit more seriously. We'll move. Oh, no, that's not what happened. I, that private studio, the the owner wanted me to sign like a five-year lease and i was like there's no way i'm signing a five-year yeah, lease man i could be like more than anything else yeah like there's no way it's gonna happen so i said no i went and worked over at our friend's shop the darling parlor yeah for like a week and they were like yeah you know dave and sasha are super nice people really cool and they were like, oh, yeah, no worries, you know. And I was like, i just do a guest spot and then, you know, let me sort my stuff out. In that time, <laughs> the owner of Pretty Nick turned up, wanted to, you know, give me the royal. Why, when you were working at the... the Darling Parlor. Yeah. He wanted to drag me out of there, but I wasn't there. So, I'm, so he I'm, turned up all guns blazing. All guns are blazing, ready to rock and roll, and I wasn't even there. And then, so, oh, this sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? And so then I was at I was at um, Katie's mum's house with Sonny, giving him a bottle, and I've got this phone call, and I've, like, fallen off my chair almost. I'm like, what the fuck? 
he was not the guy I thought would have been after me at all, you know, because he's had plenty of opportunities to sort of do what he wanted to do if that was the case. And, and plus the way that everything ended there was kind of yeah, like... Yeah, well, the, the part I left about that story was when all that went down, they reopened like the week later and it was only me and Dave that went back. Everybody else left. Like we worked for like a couple of months and, two, and then after that I left because I was like, I've got to go. Like this is yes. too much for me. But I didn't want him to lose the shop. But you didn't leave him in the lurch. Like you gave him notice. Yeah, and you, yeah you I know. did. But, you know, people make their own ideas sometimes. So did he know. try to come and find you when you were working for Duncan at King Street or now? No. Nah. They kind of had enough of a reputation and knew yeah. enough people that they just were left alone and he wouldn't yeah. try it at that shop. Nah, yeah, that's it. They had their own thing going on. So obviously that probably freaked the guys out at the dining party. Well, I had to go <laughs> get my stuff out that night, yeah. like that instantly. And so I got in my yurt, drove over there, and I was like, fuck, here we go again. I was like packing all my shit up. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, I was just like, fuck, is this going to end? It's not going to end, is it? Like, what's going on? And then so that happened, and then... So we sort of moved up the North Shore to get away from all the stuff because it was just, it was too much going on. Like we just, we were a super young family and trying to be reasonably responsible. And um, I went back to building for a little bit, like a tiny bit, like, you know. I went out to the mines, out of Mudgee. But I was tattooing in the kitchen at night and making more money than I was during the day. You're right, because miners have got heaps of money, man. Fucking they're they out do. there working like three weeks on, one week and off. And we were staying in like this, you know, all the boys, and I, you, you know, because I'm from that background, like all my mates, like they, the guy that owned the company was my mate. Yeah. So they're fucking lining up at the door, and I'm tattooing <laughs> off the fucking, you know, off the kitchen bench. <laughs> The first night I went out to Mudgee, I walked into the pub, I said to the, the boys, were like, we're going to the pub to get dinner. I was like, all right, no worries. I'd never, like, you know, really been in a mining town before, you know. I walk in, there's this dude doing a headstand. He's about 65, <laughs> weighed about 200 kilos, with a ciggy hanging out of his mouth, upside down, drinking a fucking jug of um, Jack Daniels or something. Like your Jim Beam, or, you know, and I was just like, wow, it was fucking Tuesday. <laughs> it sounds like the bar in fucking Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, it was like Tuesday on like at 7.30, man. And he's this dude and it was in the bistro. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, here we go. Saddle in. Saddle up. So one, when you finished or had enough of the mining town, what, where did you go from there? Back to Sydney. Back to Sydney. You always end up back in Sydney. I know. I know. I, was, <laughs> I just fight it. The, the amount of times you're like, oh, no, we're going to move up to here or we're going to move up to here. We're going up the Central Coast. We're going to the Blue Mountains. And then it's like, oh, no, this has happened and we're staying in Sydney. Well, it's just a, yeah, it's always been a love-hate relationship. I love the city. I'm like a moth to the lights. I've always been attracted to them. But, you know, whether it's my bipolar or whatever you want to call it, I, uh, I like you know the idea of being relaxed but i'm never <laughs> relaxed it's yeah it's your mind it's the same with me eh? like last year you know i had the shop for like three years at that point it was going good 
everything was going good and I think like we'd had like Lola and bought a house and like just all these big things that you're trying to achieve and then all of a sudden my brain was just like looking in and I was like having these fuck I thought I was having a heart attack eh in the middle of the night yeah went to a therapist just no it's anxiety anxiety yeah what the fuck I'm not worried about anything yeah but I think it's just like I slowed down and first time your mind starts looking inwards and yep. for the first time in my life I was like fuck I never thought about my mental health before I was, nah. you know you just think physical health's a thing but actually yeah it is important to look after your mental health as well totally especially through the winter man it gets real tough as you know it's a season that's like cancellations you know yep. a, a bit less bookings and, and, it, and shops hard. aren't as busy and then it, yeah you do kind of start looking inwards a little bit yeah um we're, yeah, we're all going through it right now, aren't we, really? Yeah. You know, there's cancellations. It's like people start freaking out, you know. People got bills. The bills don't stop. Yeah, but, I mean, if you work in a normal job, you know, life doesn't slow down in the winter. It carries on as normal. Yeah. No. So it's interesting why. And, like, tattooing, getting tattooed in the winter is the best time you need to get tattooed. Totally. So... Yeah, I don't know. You think you'd get more cancellations in summer where people are like, oh, I'm going to this party and I'm hungover yeah, and I can't getting, come in. Or... Yeah, they've got to be seen. Yeah, true. It's all about being seen. That's right, yeah. Maybe people are just hibernating yeah. in the winter. And tax time. Yep, yep, true. That's a killer. Yeah. Everyone gets nervous around that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then you went... So after that you went back to work for Duncan again and Emil, but not at King Street. No, no, no. I haven't got there yet. Ah, oh, fucking... No, right. no. I thought no. I knew you. No, and then... And then I had this fucking epiphany that I was going to open a tattoo shop in Mossman. And it was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> we got this little spot and it was great. And I was working out of there for like a year. The owner um, was cool with it. Everyone was cool with it. Like the, the landlord. The landlord, he was fine. He was just like, you know what, you know, you guys seem pretty, you know, down to earth. Um, you know, and he was fine. But then, uh, the the Mossman locals got hold of it because there was no signage. So they, they thought I was dealing drugs out of there. Uh, so what's that, a newspaper? Mossman, Mossman locals. No, Mossman Courier is the newspaper. But no, just the Mossman locals were like, they got wind of it. Oh, you mean just the pe- the residents that live in there? Right, residents. right, right, cool. When you said and the so local, I, think I just that, thought you meant the newspaper. No, the locals. <laughs> but the, the, you know, the average age in Mossman's maybe 50 and upwards. Right, so they've just got the and it's a very mentality well, of like... Very oh. well-to-do area. Yeah. And I thought that would work in our favour because we were going for the higher end of, you know... Tattooing, basically, trying to trying to do something a bit more special, but it backfired. So, <laughs> to add to the story, there was the Channel Ten News, seven o'clock, seven p.m. Um, bikers going down. They just like edited Stop some footage. Yeah. <laughs> Edited bikers moving into Mossman. And it's all on YouTube. You can watch it. (laughs) Bikers moving into Mossman and they've interviewed all these local people and whatever. Again, I'm sitting on the lounge and I almost fucking had a heart attack. (laughs) 
and I was watching the news. I was like, that's us. I was like, fuck. <laughs> is this, how does this keep happening to us? Do you, do you even have a motorcycle license? No, I've never had one. <laughs> I've never had a motorcycle license. I used to ride dirt bikes when I was a kid, but that's it. And, um, you know, I'm not in that world at all. And they, they, it was on the front page of their Mossman Courier or whatever, North Shore Courier. Um, it was, a, yeah, it was, it was huge, actually. And I was just like, oh my God, there's no signage because I don't want people, I don't want to draw attention to us. Yeah. The wrong people's attention. <laughs> and you, you're a, a drawing I'm trying. Old- Old, the grey-haired generation. Yeah, but the old people with money, they got power, don't they? So they can create anything. Mm. So they made us out to be these people we totally were not. And at the end of that, we had to, um, yeah, just break the lease. And we, we, we went through all the channels and we went with the council. And Mossman Council is a private council. And we went in there and said, like, seriously, you know, this is costing us a fortune. Like, we need to know what's going on. It went on for six months, like, um, through the council to get, like, all the DAs and things properly all done. And they were like, it's never going to get approved. And was this before like, licensing came in? Or, yeah. 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 So we went and seen, like, we went to the council. We went and seen the police. We, said, you know, did all the things. We were trying to do everything right. And the police were, like, fine with it. But the council wasn't fine with it. And they were like... It's never gone through. That's so the, what the, old, the guy said to us. He was like, do you want to really know the truth? And I was like, tell us the truth. We want to know. And he's like, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So we're just like, is, okay, cool. Is, is At least DA, someone told us. Is DA like their approved like building usage? Yeah. 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 So it's like, uh, yeah. So they the, didn't want, and then the guy said to us from the council, they don't want a tattoo shop there. End of story. At all. Private fucking whatever. But there's fucking 10 brothels on the street that I have a problem with. You know what I mean? Yeah, we had an interesting thing, eh? We were looking at a shop. And uh, looking back now, it totally wasn't the right shop. But we looked at it and then um, the agent was like, yeah, cool. Well, I'll talk to the landlord. And then the landlord was like, oh, I'm not sure about a tattoo shop. I want to meet them. So I was like, oh, fuck. Here we go. So you don't really experience it much here. No. So I went down to meet him and he was like, oh yeah, cool, like everything. Oh no, what happened was we didn't meet him because he was down in Queenstown. Yeah. And then we set up a meeting with him on Monday when he got back and then we had a meeting with him and he's like, oh, I've just been down to Queenstown. He's like, I went into a tattoo shop there. He's like, oh, it was really nice and it was really modern and everybody was tattooing. And I was like, what the fuck did you think you're going to be doing in a tattoo shop? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, if it's the right kind of shop, so I'd taken like magazines and books and stuff so I could show him who I was and that I was serious, you know. It's like, look, my work's been in this book and this magazine, like, I'm not a fucking idiot, like, I know yeah. what I'm doing. India, my wife came with me. And he's like, yeah, cool, looks good. He's like, I just want to see, like, a mock up of the signage and how the building's going to look. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to pay for it. And I was like, cool. And I've got, I've got a friend that's a graphic designer, like, I have a chat. So, like, this took. Oh, maybe three or four weeks to get all this done and we did like a layout and yep. a design of how everything was going to look and then we went and had another meeting with him and showed him all and he's like oh yeah this looks really good it's nice it's like I was like you know we want to do something upmarket nice signage we're not going to have crazy tacky fucking like plastic signage you know it's going to be nice yeah. Like, yeah cool looks really good yep I'll, I'll, I'll call you back <laughs> next week right we'll talk to the agent or whatever yeah. so then two weeks call later you never. yeah two weeks 
went by and I was like, what the fuck's going on? Called the agent. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to chase him up for you. And he's like, yeah, he just, he doesn't want a tattoo shop in there. And I was like, what the fuck? Like you, you just wasted six weeks. Yeah. And the fucking thing about that place was there was a brothel behind it. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you know, there's apartments upstairs. I don't want them to think that it's bringing the area down. I'm like, there's a fucking brothel behind your building. Like, <laughs> anyway. You're the problem. Fuck yeah. But like councils and idiot landlords that fucking own big buildings that they fucking inherited. And yep. just, oh man, that, that, that fucking silver fox generation of knobheads. Yeah. I know. That's not a that's not a very forward way of thinking, is it? Yeah. But I didn't go through the signing a lease and setting up a shop and getting kicked out. Like it was shit and it you know, but Yeah. I didn't have that much time invested in it compared to what you did. <laughs> yeah, well it's, it's yeah, like I said, it's happened to us sort of multiple times. We had this one guy who was in Surrey Hills. Like me and my wife Katie have looked at a hundred properties and you know the amount of money we've sort of lost in deposits because you know we've paid deposits in places and then the people have gone cold on us and then like we've we've gone okay we'll deal with the landlord direct and pay deposits and then they've yanked the deposits and disappeared and what you can't do anything because like if you fight it in court it's going to cost you more than the deposit yeah you know what i mean so and that's happened to us like multiple times also which is just insane you know but so it was after that that you went back to work for Duncan and Mel, right? Um, or is there something else in between? Mossman, yeah. So after the you know Channel Ten News um, update, we, I, yeah, I was at the end of my tether. I was like, I need somewhere to work, and because I had work, you know, like I was booked out for like a few months, and which I've always been sort of pretty lucky with that sort of thing. Um, Heaps of work, but nowhere to work. Oh. Yeah, and but that's almost what's always hindered me because I've had the work. So, you know, people like I'm like a money, you know, a money machine for people. You know what I mean? So mm. that's why they, you know, they wanted to always sort of control what I did. And yeah, so I, so I rang Emil. Did I ring Emil? I can't remember. Duncan or Emil. I, t- I spoke to both of them. I was friends with both of them. And I was like, I need someone to work. I don't want, you know, they've got the new shop down at Broadway. They'd just taken over it. And I was like, you know, I've sort of got this sort of private sort of thing happening with people, like more, a bit more intimate, whatever. Um, yeah, have you got somewhere, you know, like that at the, sh- the new place? So they take an over an existing shop or are they just... Complete... Yeah, it used to be Tattoo World. Okay, and they just took it over, read yeah. it out. Read yeah. It out and... yeah. And um, so, yeah, and so I was just like, okay, hit them up. And they were like, yep, yeah, we've got this room upstairs. It's like, it was only small. It was, you know, tiled floors and I just, I was like, great. I'll, um, that sounds great. And he was like, I'll call you in a, f- a couple of days. I was like, all right, cool. Let me know. And I'm like, I'm ready to go. And he's like, yeah, I'll call you in a couple of days. <laughs> he didn't call me. He didn't call. And so I rang him again. I rang him. He just wanted to see how desperate you were. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he was smart. Rest in peace, Poppy. You're, he's gone now, but. 
Yeah, and so he um, he made me call him a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so he could work your percentage down. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He, you know, it wasn't his first fucking radio, was it? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so we, you know, that got sorted out. In the end, it took a couple of weeks. And I was there. And I was there for, I don't know how long couple of years three years three four yeah. years maybe it's got a while i remember yeah, it was a while coming to that shop eh? it was quite cool it was just like the main studio little staircase what was there a kitchen yeah. or something else up there as well or yeah. Was it? yeah yeah yeah. it was, it was like fully self-contained yeah it was like just like a studio apartment but it was a tattooed area yeah in this big space it was kind of weird that it was there maybe it was an office or something yeah originally. maybe but yeah i just decked it out the whole thing ceiling like there was no space i had all my books in there and it was great for what it was, you know. It was easy. Everybody liked it. The only thing that was fucked, it was in summer when my air conditioner broke. Uh, and I was sweating. Li- a I literal sweat box. Yeah, like, <laughs> yep. I think we put the thermometer on the roof and it was like 65 degrees. Fuck. Yeah, because you could see the waves, you know, through the... <laughs> through your toe. <laughs> no, I can't see my toe. No, you know, like, do you remember it? Like there was a window, and then there was like the roof was right there. Yeah, and you could see like across the roof. Was that? I'm just trying to think. Was it? Was it like over when you went in the door over that side to the right, where there was a sink and stuff in a window? Was it there? Yeah, yeah. The bed no, was? I was on the right, but then yeah. there was on the left was another window, and that was the roof to the actual all the street. You know, right? Okay. Yeah. So the heat was just coming off the yeah. tin roof. It was insane. Yeah, well, that was that was good. And did Toby come and work there for a bit as well? No, no. I no, I just yeah, that guy floats around too much. Eh, trying to pin him to he, somewhere. He's quite in hard. It. Yeah, no, he he doesn't really work back in Australia. No. Like I went and worked with him at the Hard in Huntington. Yeah, the Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. One? Yeah, yeah, right. but I didn't. He um yeah he hasn't really worked. He's writing books. Yeah. He's not really, I don't he's, think he's... Yeah, like I talked to him at your wedding and he was like, yeah, I'm going to head over to New Zealand. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I can work at the shop. Like, it's busy. Like, you know, we get heaps of walk-ins. You know, you come for a week yeah, or I two. Yeah, I told him that too. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Well, I'll hit you up. And he yeah, just never did. <laughs> I don't even know if you eventually... Yeah, I think he did come to New Zealand because he's got family here, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen him for a while, actually. I think he's, I don't know. Writing books, floating, hmm. floating on air in the mountains somewhere. Yeah, growing his hair. So, you, when you left there was when you opened Thirteen Feet, right? That's right. And it was about the same time you were thinking of opening a shop up the Central Coast or buying one. Or was that slightly after? No, it was around the same the time. The offer came around to take over a shop up there, and I, another thing, I lost money. In. But I, <laughs> I put a deposit down and I was going through the motions and then I had another epiphany that, well, maybe I just got told by my wife, my beautiful wife, that it was going to be too much work for not enough result. And... And you can't, because I, I was like, oh, so you, what are you going to do? You're going to do Sydney or, or Central Coast? And you're like, oh, we're going to do both. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. It's a lot of, you, know. you can't be in two places at once and it's quite a drive between the two. Yeah, it's not like down the street. No. It's two hours. The 
the pipe dream was there. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality just wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah, so that that didn't go, go ahead. But then yeah. you did open 13 feet, which kind of seems to be the shop that's worked out. And Well, the, the, the whole thing about 13 feet and the building and everything about it was... It's fell into place. It just happened. Yeah. You know, like I... How that happened was I was in LA getting... I was working at the um, Golden State Tattoo Convention in LA. And then I went and got tattooed by Eddie Deutsch. He did my chest, I believe, back then. And we hung out, you know, it was great. Went out to dinner. And then I got back. And then Katie's like, I think I got back. I don't even know if I slept. I think I got back that morning, like Saturday morning. And Katie's like, oh, you know that shop you always said would like be the perfect tattoo shop? You know, like the old English sort of Victorian sort of shop front um i was like yeah she's like it's for lease and i was like okay um cool mind you backtrack a little bit i did call up about that place like two years before and the real estate had a hold of it right and it had it been empty that it'd whole been time? empty i just went in and had a look i was never going to open a tattoo shop there emil was still alive you know i was deep totally somewhere else you know like i, I wasn't I just wanted to have a look in there. And the, the, the licensing came in while you were at Broadway as well, right? Yeah, Incident, yeah, yeah. Which obviously changed... Changed everything. ...the game, yeah. It's flipped it on its head, basically. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I was in LA, came back. It was, like, Saturday morning. Katie's like, we're going up the street, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, no worries, get breakfast. And she's like, that shop that you always liked, that you said you would never open up at, is for lease. And I was like, yeah, but the real estate never called us back. And, you know, really, I don't know if it's a great move. Because there's other shops on that street. Because there's other already. shops. Duncan and Emil were at the other end. It was bad timing. Emil just passed away, you know. And, you know, he was my friend. I actually respected him quite a lot. Like, a lot. Um, it was just bad timing. And I was like, okay, we'll go and have a look. But the sign on the window was just the owner put it on there. Right, so no. Just no like a little, you know, like just with. a sharpie fucking sign on an A4 piece of paper. So we went over there, Mike was there, and I was like, oh yeah. I was like, hey mate, how are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. I've been here before. I was like, I don't want to waste your time, you know. We're, it's a tattoo shop. You know, we're not going to beat around the bush and say it's a fucking art studio or a, you know, gallery, s- gallery <laughs> or something, whatever the fuck. People are fucking right, you know, saying, we've, you know, we've said all that before too. And I was like, it's going to be a tattoo shop. You know, that's what it's going to be. It's not a secret. And he's like, cool, no worries. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, that's all right. He's like, just put a camera out the front. You'll be fine. But was, were the kind of the landlords and stuff a bit more switched on with the licensing coming into place that kind of worked in your favour, whereas they didn't think it was as risky anymore? I don't think I don't think so. He was he's an old school builder. He just you know he's got Middle Eastern background. He's he's no he's not a silly man. He knows what goes on. Yeah. And he was just like, just put a camera out the front. You'll be fine. And I was like, all right. And he goes, he goes. We just had all the ceiling fireproofed. It'll be fine. <laughs> 
That's what he said. you're going to get fireballs. Yeah, that's what he said. That was his thing. He was like, I just had the whole ceiling fireproof. It's fine. It's heritage listed. And it's, it would be concrete walls, eh? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, concrete. But they had to spray like concrete to the bottom, you know. Yeah, the floorboards. The floorboards, yeah. everything. Like full, it was like a fucking, you know, it was bomb proof. <laughs> and he's like, it's fine. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, no worries. And I was like, he goes, you know, X amount of dollars for the deposit, X amount of dollars to secure, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, there's the keys. And rattled him in front of my face. And I was like, I haven't even had a coffee yet. And Katie's like, no worries, I'll just send it to you. And she goes, have you got your details? And, like, to him, have you got your details? And Michael's like, yeah, here you go. Gives the bank details. And Katie's like, boom, there we go. And he goes, there's the keys. <laughs> he gave him the keys. I hadn't even fucking had a coffee. <laughs> I hadn't even slept off the plane. And I was just like, I can't believe that just happened. And I was just like, oh my God, did that just happen? When you, I think, uh, how long did you be open when, when I came through? Like a few months, a couple of months? It was very new. You just had that one other dude working for you. At the front? Yeah. We still had the sheet, like at the first doorway? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, just the front. Yeah, so you you were just on your own to begin with, and then who was? The, was I was it? on my own for like, I don't know, maybe a year, nearly. No, you had the other dude that was there. Sure. He was like European. Alan. Was it Alan? I can't remember his name. The French guy, the big yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was there quite early on, and then left <laughs> soon after. Yeah, I was sacked in. Yeah, he had to go. It was no good for business. <laughs> <laughs> It was. Uh, he was a nice guy, though. He just wasn't. Yeah, you know. there was a f- that, that situation. We came in. We were in Sydney for a few days. Came in to say hi, check the shop out, and we walked past it first because you hadn't got signage. And there's those vintage, like pin up, was it pin yeah, ups yeah. or clothing oh, pictures yeah, in the windows? And yeah. I was. We walked. Well, we were with Toby actually, and then we walked past, and then we're like, oh, let's look at the address. And we're like, I fucking walked past it, and then we're like, oh, it's, it's this one. Yeah. <laughs> so like the door was shut, so you couldn't really walk in anyway. Yeah. And he was tattooing somebody right in the front of the shop and he put a screen up because right. he was tattooing her ribs. Yeah, but instead of ribs. putting the screen up in front of him so anybody yeah. that walked in the shop couldn't see, he yeah. just put it up behind him so you and your customer couldn't see him tattooing. And I was like, this is really weird. And I was like, are, right. you back, are you behind that, Todd? Yeah, because after that, that was when I went and threw him out the back and smashed him up, didn't I? I was like, no screens. <laughs> I hate screens. Well, I don't have them at my shop. shop. You know, it's like if you're not willing, if you want to get tattooed, it, okay, there's got to be certain degrees of this, but getting tattooed on the ribs, you don't need a screen. No, if you want, like, if you got to get your boobs out, put stickers over your nipples if that's a problem. Oh, there's little nice you tissue I mean? bras you can make out there's, there's of, heaps uh, of things. paper towel. You do whatever. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, I just think they're a bit weird screens. He was they? put yeah. up this fucking screen across the whole shop to tattoo this girl's <laughs> ribs. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, but but anyone that walked in the shop could still see him. Exactly. Which was, was he hiding it from me? Yeah, it was weird. Oh, but that's that was that's weird. how many guys you've got there now? Because I mean that you know you've landed on your feet and you've kind of just gained momentum with that shop and moved and there's eight of us now. I think yeah, all of us. And you've expanded a couple of times. Yeah. Yep. And so it went from like the front area and as we had the conversations multiple times about the front um, counter, I've moved it twice. I think yeah. that was the first thing I said. I was like, Todd, your weighing area is too big. Yeah, it I was know. just bigger than the tattoo area. Yeah. Well, 
You live alone. You live alone, yeah. But um, yeah, so we moved that, and then we obviously went back and um, put the bays in the back, and they're all fairly evenly spaced. Mine's slightly bigger, as you do. <laughs> it's my tape measure. I'll do what I want. <laughs> but yeah, that, it's been good, and so yeah, we just you know, and then like down the back of the shops, like the autoclave sterilization area. Yeah, stock room. And then to the to the kitchen area where um yeah. The meetings happen. <laughs> Everybody hides. <laughs> the sten- the stencil machine's there. So we have it out the back. Yeah. And the fridge. Cool. Yeah. Um what are you using tool wise now? Because obviously from when you started to now, as well as social media like we're talking like I always talk to people about this, like drawing on iPads and rotaries and like everything's come along. And when I first said I was in a podcast and I was like, what, what do you want me to ask people? And they want to ask you about how they're drawing and what they're tattooing with. Yes. So are you an iPad guy? You are. You are right? I am an iPad yeah. guy. Yep. 100%. And why, what do you like about it? What do you like about the drawing? The convenience. Yeah. My sketching is no neater. My drawings are, wild as far as you know straight lines go I just I still I'll still sketch and do the stencil on the iPad but then I'll straighten everything when I tattoo it you know what I mean yeah like Like I don't do my stencil perfectly you know perfectly drawn I leave gaps I leave things out the lines aren't perfect just because I I don't know I seem to work better like that. Yeah, yeah, I do a little bit of that. Eh? I don't do much drawing on the iPad unless it's like geometrical. I mean, it's yeah. be perfectly symmetrical, but well, like, you know. Yeah, even with my line drawings, they're quite rushed because I think you get to a point with tattooing, you just like you just need a guide and you just need to feel it. Yeah, that's and, it. It just comes with time and experience. Yeah, and I I enjoy that. That gives me a kick now because if everything's perfect, then you you know. You're just tracing. Yeah, it's not as fun. Yeah. It's not as fun. And I don't, yeah. It's, I definitely use the iPad. And then um, I've gone through this crazy phase at the moment of collecting coil machines. Collecting? Using, Are you using them? Yes. So you're not on the rotaries at all? No, or? I haven't been on using rotaries for like three years. Cool. I've gone full circle again. <laughs> <laughs> so but, what are your kind of go-to... Um, I'm liners using, and shaders that you're using at the moment? I'm pretty... I'll, you know, I'll use one machine to line and shade a lot of the time. Um, because I tattoo, I suppose, fairly fast. So I sort of I like the challenge. Um, but Seth Safaris, I'm using a shader and a liner. But they can both do both. Yeah. Yeah. I just turn it down a little bit if I want. Some super soft stuff on the face. Yeah, have you have you got any cool machines from any Australian machine builders or, or Kiwi machine builders? Um, Dean Dean Reardon. I've got some of him. He's built me a few because I'm left-handed. He's built me a couple oh, yeah. of left-handed machines, and I got him to put an RSA, RCA, jack on the back of it, and he was disgruntled. <laughs> do you do you use RCAs for everything? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, oh, no. no, not everything. I lie. Not everything. I do have a clip cord, but RCA is better. Yeah, the weight 
is a bit different. It doesn't swing around as much. Yes. I did put some of my Better machines current. years ago away, and then they all fucked out. I was like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. But yeah. It's... I did notice a difference in, like... Forces for courses, I suppose. Yeah. Like, it doesn't swing, and, you know, you don't get that, like, little jolts or whatever that you have to yeah. get used to. I just love the sound. Of, of a coil machine. Of course. Yeah. It sounds tattoo like shop. a tattoo shop. Yeah. Tattoo shop. You walk into a tattoo shop and there's no sound. It's, it's not really a tattoo shop, is it? Yeah. I mean, you, you, there, there are a few rateries around that are quite noisy, like the Dan Cubans. The Dan Cubans, yeah. Like they're machine. going in our shop all the time. Chong um, uses them. Uh, Rob uses them. And fuck, they're so powerful, those machines. Yeah. I've actually used one, eh? So, but a lot of guys, like all the guys at Two Hands in Auckland use them, they come and yeah, guess with us a lot. They're amazing. And um, all of them have got them, eh? They're yeah, the mechanics are amazing. They hit really hard. Hmm. Yeah. With a minimal effort. And they're fairly light. Like, not super light. You still get that nice sort of coil weight. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, an, they're an amazing machine. What are you um, kind of trying to concentrate and push in terms of style, like back on kind of the neo trad trad kind of yeah, vibe? Yeah, yeah, more neo realism, I call it. Yeah. It's sort of you doing realism with thick lines. I enjoy that, you know, just because I've tried and tested doing it without lines. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't, it hold, doesn't hold. Yeah. It doesn't hold. You know, you see it, portraits or, you know, anything realism, basically. Without lines, it doesn't stay. It's like, this is what I always say to the guys at the shop. It's um, It's like pouring concrete. If you don't have formwork for the concrete... Gonna break it's up gonna eventually. go everywhere. It's yeah. just gonna bleed. It's gonna go everywhere. So you need the formwork, the lines of the formwork. You know, like people don't realise, but I use like eleven shaders to do the lines for all my realism. Oh yeah, just yeah. Sideways. Even fatter, I've been like using eleven mags to line stuff lately in some spots, and I won't like go crazy with the whole line. I'll just break the part that needs to be broken off. You know, I do a lot of that. But it'll all come out in the wash. Yeah. It's coming along. And you've got quite a well-rounded group working with you, like Todd. Uh, fucking Todd. Rob. Rob. <laughs> he does all your, a lot of trad stuff. A lot of trad like, stuff he's, with he's his really spin. He's really come along. He has. He's like, he's done amazing. He's taken it seriously. Yeah. And he's, it shows. Yeah. Know. Oh yeah, I think so. He's definitely, the lines have got cleaner. And, his know. lines are clean. He's like, he's, the way he sees it, it's just clearer. Mm. It looks great. Like you see them healed and they're as good as the day they were done. Yeah. And they're going to look like that in 20 years. Yeah. And that's what you want. Yeah. And Chong does kind of like geometric animals and watercolour yeah, kind of stuff. geometric animals. He's very well-rounded. But um, yeah, he does. He's got his own sort of style. Yeah. He's been with you quite a while now as well. Though. Yeah. Well, I worked with him years ago at Broadway. That's where we first met. Yeah. And then we went, did a few conventions and stuff together. Yeah. And then who else is there? There's Tori. She's, um, does like the micro stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's doing really well. It's like so clean. Makes me sick. And <laughs> <laughs> lining it with like a tight three. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's just, her, yeah, just all of her stuff's just so clean. It's, it looks like it's been printed. Like seriously. It's amazing. 
Um, we've got Joe, Uncle English. He does traditional stuff. He's been around for quite some time. Lived for 10 years in Belgium, Amsterdam as well. He's English. Um, there's Jazzy. Jazzy's like doing his black and grey sort of neo-trad spin. Very clean. And he, a lot of geometric, like he's sort of morphing it a bit when geometric with it, mm-hmm. which is very fashionable at the moment. Yeah. But he does an amazing job. So clean. Again, another one that makes me sick. Too clean. <laughs> um, who else is there? Brett. Brett Eberhard. He's been around for quite some time. He used to work for Devo in Voodoo up in Gosford. Oh, yeah. Uh, he does, like, his traditional stuff, but, like, definitely his style. He did some, like, really cool um, chopper stuff the other week. That was cool. Black and grey in colour. He does fine line stuff, actually, and script. Really beautiful. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I, uh, Which yeah. is a gift, you know, yeah, like that definitely. stuff's hard. <laughs> yeah, man, I hate doing scripts. I, talk, <laughs> I talked about this in the third, first podcast we did. There like so many seminars at conventions and, and bought so many books and it just gets to a point where it's just like, this just doesn't come naturally no. or easily and like, I'm happy to do it. I just can't fucking draw it. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I mean? If you I'm give it to like, me, I, I can tell it clean. Yeah, I just... I'll, yeah. No. I love the idea of being able to do it, but like I can't do it. Yeah, I'm not good. I'm not good at it. Yeah, definitely not. You know, and then there's guys that can just go one pass with a pencil, and yeah. it's like, and oh, it there looks it is. Beautiful, it flows yeah, well, and it's like, fuck. <laughs> I know, and it's on an elbow. Like, how did you do that? <laughs> like, yeah. You know? <laughs> so some people can just do it, and some people can't. And oh, I can't do that. What do you think um, is going to happen in Sydney over the next? few years because the licensing has really changed things lots of kind of new shops have popped up since that's come in yeah um lots of established shops have become a bit more open since that's kind of happened as well yeah um is there still a bit of an undercurrent there like an underbelly or is it just kind of people oh, i think there's always going to be an underbelly it's tattooing isn't it there's always that side of it world worldwide yeah i think you'd be uh, ignorant to think there wasn't <laughs> in a way but it depends on what country you live in, I think. Well, there's always going to be some. If it wasn't colourful there characters. a little bit, if colourful, yeah. If it wasn't there a little bit, you wouldn't be interested, would you? Yeah. You know, that's what attracted all of us. It's a little bit of naughty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. But um, I don't know. Well, hopefully, things progress. Um, progress basically like we're opening another shop hopefully you know i think it's going to as you know like with popularity tattoo shops open but whether they last or not is is the the other story yeah you know to last is a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication yeah i think that's why so many people as well go off the rails even ones that don't own shops you know they're kind of work so hard to get to a point where they do like amazing portraits or amazingly smooth near trad whatever yeah and then they just kind of like go off the rails eh? And yeah it's just like... and another thing is like you're not in fashion forever mm. yeah no one true no one is because there's another younger smarter better looking dude than you doing what you did 10 years ago yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and uh, yeah getting better quicker yeah you know, totally i can do it in like you know you spent 
however many years trying to get to a point and then there's this kid who can do it in like Three two years. years. Yeah. yeah. It's scary. Yeah. But then they don't seem to last because they get so popular so quick and then as soon as the popularity's over, they disappear because it's it's not cool anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely seen a few people drop out of oh, from so many people and have come and gone. It's like already, you know. Jump onto the next thing, you know, like yeah. barber shops became big and then they jump off and become barbers and then yeah. like breweries are taking off over here and then they're oh, fucking going yeah. off becoming. If you got tattoos, and, you're a brewer now. Yeah, a beard and tattoos, and it's like <laughs> yeah, I'm the head brewer at like this yeah. fucking like craft brew and you know at the, at the end of the day, that's fine too. Like if if the limelight's off us, that's good. Yeah, I think. I think it's better for us to just, you know, take our path. Because all the other stuff's going to happen around us anyway. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I'm just a fan of um, keeping your head down, working hard, and then, yeah, everything will pass. Yeah, you know? it, it does. Will, it will go on Because if, you, you, if and... you worry about it all, which everybody does, yeah. if you worry too much about it, it starts affecting your mental health. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it yeah. really does. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. So the new shop is in kind of like a brand new kind of area that's popping up. Um, yeah. It's just been like regentrified, heaps of bars and cafes and restaurants and stuff going in there. So it's going to be a little bit different to kind of what you're doing in Newtown. Yep. Um, what area is that in? It's called Darling Square. It's where the old entertainment centre used to be in Sydney. That's where it's, it's right there, like right in Haymarket there sort of regenerating that area. Um, there's like phenomenal amounts of people moving in there um, into a small area. High density living. Yeah, which is of the, kind of Very everywhere. much of the Asian influence. Yeah. You know, a lot of... Um, Property investments. Yeah, but they're, they're already, you know, there's a lot of people living there and um, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to be part of it. It's amazing to be asked to be part of it it's been a huge learning curve mm. um, and from where Katie and I have come from to where we are now is like there's people that want us to be part of something yeah it's cool. and whereas before we couldn't even you know walk down the street yeah it's it's a funny transition when that happens. And like when I first moved to Wellington, like I wanted to try so hard to be a part of things that were going on and cool, and I wanted to do artwork for the, you know whatever. And then you try so hard and it doesn't happen, and you try and meet the right people and do this, that, and the other. And then yeah, when we opened Union, within a short space of time, they just started coming to us yeah. and asking for it. And like it's yeah, it's amazing when that happens. It and is. It is. It's, definitely gives you a, a, a good sense of self-worth you know totally yeah very much so that's uh yeah that's definitely what happened and it's such it's very surreal yeah you know when that happens so you're gonna split your time between the two shops and work at the new one a little bit yeah yeah and who else is going to be at the new one um there'll be me and robert first just to set it up like just silly things you know like with the, the printer connecting to the ipad and all that sort of thing yeah just just get, you know ironing out the the bumps yeah for the for the first part and then uh tori's gonna go down there with justin will go down there um yeah we haven't got anything totally set in concrete yet because it's it's 
the whole thing's been a very surreal experience because, you know, we've built everything off a, you know, a, a computer. You know what I mean? So it's only just in the last, what, th- three or four weeks that we've actually seen something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that must be pretty crazy. Because it it's so new that it's literally just a shell, eh? Yeah, it was a shell. The high-rises weren't even finished. You know, it's not open to the public. But then they're going to take the fences away. And then there's like, there's a whole section of Sydney CBD that no one's seen before. Crazy. Yeah. And it's all lanes. It's sort of like, um, yeah, New York-y sort of Tokyo sort of feel, for sure. It's just laneways and bars and, you know, it's open from 10 till 10. And the shop's open from 10 till 10, seven days a week. So that's a whole nother crazy experience, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, in New Zealand, I don't really think there's any shops that are open that late, you know? Like, working evenings is not really something, you know, maybe on K-Road in Auckland, yep. you know? I'm not sure. I don't actually know for a fact, but probably are a couple of shops there that are open later. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, it's different. It's very American. There's a lot of American shops that are open late. When I worked mm. in the States, I went until, like, fucking 10 or midnight or whenever, you know? Yeah, man. Like, when I got tattooed by Freddie Negretti, I left at 2.30 a.m. <laughs> what time are you booked in for? Like... I think I was booked in for 5 p.m. Yeah. He rolled in at, like, 8, 9. So I just sat in, like, I didn't care. I'll sit in Shamrock for the rest of my life. It's fine. But, you know... That's just, that shop's amazing. But yeah, I just sat there and <laughs> he just brought in and we left, yeah, I don't know, 2.30 a.m. Probably. And that's like him and Bob Tyrell and all that, they do that every night. Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah, Bob Tyrell's like a rock star. He's really Man, like his metal if you can't find Bob, If you and... can't find Bob Tyrell over at the Rainbow Bar, he's not in L.A. every time I've walked in there and mind you I've been getting tattooed over the road or you know just going there for drinks he's in there it's like he's he's like a bar stool he's always there yeah Lemmy's bar Lemmy's bar you'll have one of those and you're sideways his uh, Instagram's a lot of yeah him playing guitar and bands and I think more so than tattoos and he's an amazing guy yeah oh he is he's a lovely guy uh, and he'll give you the he'll fucking talk to you for hours yeah I I was working at the Melbourne convention and uh, Mick Squires walked over said said hi to me I was tattooing I looked up and I was like oh hey Mick how's it going and he was like oh this this is Bob and I was like oh hey Bob and I looked up and I was like that's fucking Bob Tyrell yeah, yeah he's a legend he's like oh we're gonna go get a beer and I was like cool I was like I'd literally be finished in five minutes yeah finished my tattoo went on a chat and then just talked to Bob about fucking horror movies for like an yeah, hour I didn't I talk about tattooing at all and it was like he's just totally into it and was yeah honestly the, the, the most just like down to earth normal yeah. person and fucking I really like that eh I think I, was, I did when I talked to, to Mick and the guys at the Black Mark earlier I was just saying a lot of realism guys have an ego and they just kind yeah. of th- you know they've got their own little click in it you yeah. know it's just nice that there's some really cool people Cecil Porter's another one who does amazing fucking colour realism tattoos yeah. the nicest guy ever you talk yeah. to him at the convention he's got all the time in the world to answer any fucking stupid question you've got yeah. and then you know you, there's other people that are sitting there with their headphones on and just like yeah, too cool. why, why are you at a convention yeah 
don't know, go and sit in your mum's basement. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> if that's how uninterested you are in what's going on here, fuck off. <laughs> like, why, why are you doing this? Yeah, You're ruining just... this industry by being a fucking knob. Yeah, but is, is it even just like, just to be seen? Because it's, it's almost like they don't want to be seen. It's like they want to be there, but they don't. Headphones with a hood. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, eh? But then it's I like... Got it. that's I've never I... understood all that. That's yeah. just silly. But then that's like one of the cool things about tattooing. You've got like little groups. It's almost like genres of music. You've got these little groups within tattooing. Yeah. Have got their own little thing, and kind of that's what I like about it. It's not just one thing. It's not just like one group of people. It's like lots of different kinds of people. Yeah. And that's appealing as well. And you're always gonna get dickheads as well. Yeah. <laughs> There's no shortage of them. No, that's that's true. Um. All right, let's wrap it up there. Sweet. I think. Uh, Thanks for having me. Talked for long enough. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. How long have we been talking for? I don't even know because this Too long. this thing doesn't have a timer on it. It's Who's just... going to listen to this? I've, I don't know. Hopefully the first few are good. This will be like later on. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good stories there. Though. Do you want to give the Instagrams a plug for your shop and yourself? Uh, yeah. The shop Instagram is 13 feet tattoo. Uh, the website's dot. 13feettattoo.com and if people want to book in that's the best way email. that's the best way you can call I don't know the number sorry <laughs> but you can definitely email or I'm Todd Bailey Tattoo on Instagram cool alright well thanks for chatting to me this evening thank you and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in Wellington I will hopefully the weather's excited This week's episode of Tall Tales and Tattooing was brought to you by the Wellington Tattoo Convention, hosted in the coolest little capital in the world. Visit the website at www.wellingtontattooconvention.com.